You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. All right, we're going to be in the book of Psalms this evening, the book of Psalms. And we're going to be reading Psalm number 23. Psalm number 23. And the 23rd Psalm is definitely one of the most universally known passages of Scripture in the Bible. Very popular. It's read at weddings, at funerals, and it's known in both the secular world as well as the Christian world. But I believe because it's so familiar, people tend to forget the true meaning, power, and simplicity of Psalm number 23. And Really, when you really dive into it and read it, you realize just how awesome this psalm is. There's a reason why it's read at funerals. There's a reason why people talk about it and it's well-quoted and um, the secular world knows about it. It's because it's an awesome psalm. But um, I just want to dive into it a little bit and how it applies to us. It's called the Shepherd Psalm. It was written by King David. And it's a story of the shepherd and his sheep. And what King David does is he applies the Lord to a shepherd and how a shepherd loves and protects and cares for his sheep, that's the same way that the Lord loves and protects and cares for us. And it's really awesome how the Lord lays it out here in Psalm 23. He applies it in the same exact way as a shepherd cares for his sheep and protects his sheep and meets their needs as the Lord does for us. So that's what we're going to be looking at this evening, Psalm 23. We'll read it, we'll pray, and then we'll get into the message. The Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be here tonight, Lord. Thank you so much for saving my soul and being my personal shepherd, Lord. I thank you for this church congregation and um, for just what you've done in each and every one of our lives, Lord, for saving my soul. I ask that you just open up our hearts for the message here tonight, Lord, and just take away every ounce of selfishness, every ounce of me whatsoever in this message, Lord, and just help me preach, thus saith the Lord, and just help me do this psalm justice, Lord. I love you so much. I thank you. I praise your name, and we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, the psalm starts off by saying... The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, there are many lords in this world. There are warlords, landlords, drug lords, political lords, financial lords, many different lords, all lowercase. But there's only one true Lord. And that's what we see here in Psalm 23, verse 1. Notice what the Bible says there. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. Not a Lord is my shepherd. But the Lord is my shepherd, indicating that there is only one true God, and this is the Lord here in Psalm 23, verse 1. And now notice the word Lord there in Psalm 23. If you notice, it's in all capital letters. And now whenever you see the word Lord in all caps, it indicates the name Jehovah, the most sacred name for God in the Bible. Jehovah means the supreme one, the sovereign one, the permanent and unchangeable being. The one true God. 
It is actually the name that God used to reveal himself in his relationship to man. Jehovah is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But it's interesting once you start studying the Bible and studying the scriptures because you soon find out that the Jehovah of the Old Testament is actually the Jesus of the New Testament. Jesus is our supreme, sovereign, permanent, and unchangeable being, the one true God. So in Psalm 23, we've got Jesus, we've got Jehovah, and we've got the shepherd. For born-again believers, we can say, Jesus is my shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd, so therefore, I shall not want for anything. So we've got the sovereign one, and we've got the shepherd. In the Lord Jesus, we have a sovereign shepherd. That's what we see in Psalm 23, verse 1. We have deity and humanity, sovereignty and sympathy, a king and a shepherd. We have a God who is able and a shepherd who is available. A God in the heavens and a shepherd in our hearts. The Lord Jehovah, the sovereign one, is my shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. And that's what we see in Psalm 23, that the Lord is my shepherd. But not only do we see that the Lord is my shepherd in Psalm 23, but we also see the Lord as my shepherd as well. You see, we see how he works as our personal shepherd. And that's what he lays out here in these six verses. Because Jesus doesn't just save us and leave it at that. No, he ministers to us, just like a shepherd would for a sheep. And in studying these six verses, we actually find out that Jesus meets our needs in a number of ways. As our shepherd. So for a few moments this evening, Lord willing, that's what I want to look at. How Jesus Christ meets our needs in specific ways as our personal shepherd. Just as a shepherd would for his sheep back in Bible times. Number one, we find out that he meets our spiritual needs. Look at verse one. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And then look at verse three. The Bible says, he restoreth my soul. In those two verses, we see three characteristics of Jesus Christ as our shepherd. And in those three characteristics, we see how he meets our spiritual needs. Number one, we find out that he is a present shepherd. Look at verse one once again. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now that word is there is in the present tense, meaning continual and to the ends. Not the Lord was my shepherd. Or the Lord is going to be my shepherd, but the Lord is my shepherd. He is a present shepherd with me wherever I go. And there is nothing I can do to lose that. It is continual and to the end. Now, why is that so important for sheep? Why do sheep need a present shepherd? Because they always need their shepherd close. Sheep aren't the brightest in the world. In fact, they're very dumb. They can wander and get into trouble if their shepherd is not near. That's why we always need a shepherd. Now, it's interesting. In studying this, I found out that sheep are actually the only domestic animal that cannot exist without man. Dogs, if they get thrown into the wild, they can adapt and live on their own. Cats, horses. But sheep, they cannot exist without man. They need a shepherd. And now that's the same way with us. There is only one way we're going to be able to get through this world, and that's if we have our shepherd close. That's if we have a present shepherd. He meets our spiritual needs. So we find out, number one, that he is a present shepherd. But we also see, number two, he is a personal shepherd as well. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. You see, Psalm 23 is a personal psalm. There's a flock implied in these verses, yet it is not in full view. 
All we see is the Lord and the writer. It's because it's about that personal one-on-one relationship. That's what we see in Psalm 23. Charles Spurgeon actually called this psalm the He-Me Psalm. The reason is because David refers to himself 17 times and to the Lord 13 times in just six verses. The Lord is my shepherd. It's about that personal, present relationship with Jesus Christ. Having that personal relationship, not about religion whatsoever. You see, a lot of people put their trust in religion, put their trust in a church body or a a, a church building and not in the creator of the world. Hey, we've got a personal relationship with the God of the world, the God of the universe, the God that knows the number of hairs on your head. That very God, we've got a personal, close relationship with him. Hey, the Lord is my shepherd. And you want to know something? I'm so glad that the Lord is your shepherd. I'm so glad that you know the shepherd personally. But you want to know what I'm more excited about? I'm more excited that the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. Hey, I've got that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That friend that's close with me that I can go to and talk to. And he leads me daily in this life. Hey, the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. He is a personal, present shepherd. And therefore, he meets our spiritual needs. But then number three, we also find out that he is a patient shepherd as well. Look at verse three. The Bible says, he restoreth my soul. Now that word restoreth there is actually a word picture of a shepherd carrying the sheep on his back. Carrying the sheep back to the folds. Because sheep are prone to wander. Right? We're all prone to wander. Prone to leave the God we love. And now sheep are the same thing. Sometimes they wander out of stubbornness. Other times out of sinfulness. Sometimes even out of stupidity. But regardless, they're prone to wander. But the shepherd is patient with the sheep and will always bring them back to the folds. He may have to chasten them first, but regardless, he will never leave nor forsake the sheep. And hey, I'm so glad today that my God is patient with me. Amen. I am so happy. There's been times where I've gone off to the wayside, to the right, to the left, and I have not listened to my shepherd. I was stubborn. I was stupid. I was sinful. But praise God, Jesus Christ did not give up on me. He chastened me and put me back on that solid rock, that firm foundation close to the shepherd. You see, he meets my spiritual needs. He is a present, personal, and patient shepherd. So he meets our spiritual needs, number one. But then in verses 2 and 3, we also find out that he meets our directional needs as well. Look at those verses. The Bible says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In two short verses, we see the words maketh, leadeth used twice, and the words paths. Because the emphasis is on direction. Now, why is that so important? Why does he put the emphasis on direction in those two verses? Because a sheep has no sense of direction. They don't know the right way to go. They don't know where to go whatsoever. You see sheep, um, you know, farmers watch sheep and they'll just walk around in circles over and over and over again. They have no sense of direction whatsoever. That's why they need a shepherd to lead them. And that's the same way with us. Sometimes a sheep gets sidetracked, confused. And tangles. But when the sheep is led by the shepherd, he is blessed. 
Hey, hey, I'm telling you right now, Jesus Christ has a perfect plan for your life. He can meet your personal directional needs, leading you on the paths of righteousness. The emphasis is on direction there because he's saying, hey, I've got a perfect, awesome, personal plan for you. I know exactly what you need to succeed. I know exactly what you need to have joy, to prosper. I know the wife you're going to marry, the husband you're going to marry, what kids you have, what job you need to go to, what church you need to be in. I've got a perfect, personal plan for your life. And I'm telling you right now, man, I am so thankful that Jesus Christ met my directional needs. If it were up to me, I never would have came to this church. I never would have started dating Hannah. I never would have done any of those things whatsoever. But praise God, he had a perfect plan for my life and he has done exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or think. And he meets my directional needs time and time and time again. He meets my spiritual needs, my directional needs. But then number three, we see in verse four that he meets our emotional needs as well. The Bible says... Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He meets our emotional needs. Notice the word there, the valley of the shadow of death. Now that actually has to do with the summer feeding. The shepherd would take them up the mountain through the valley to get to the summer feeding, to get to the place with the best grass, the best water for the sheep to um, grow strong and be well nourished. And he would go through the valley. Now, a valley is a spot in between two mountains. So the valley of the shadow of death, this was a dark experience walking through the valley. To the sheep, this was a very dark and dangerous place because the sun was covered by the mountains and it was easier for wild beasts. My bad. Wild beasts to sneak up on the sheep. So you would be walking, you would get into this valley, and all of a sudden, bam, shadow. It'd get dark. It'd get scary for the sheep because they don't know what's going on. The sheep have no idea the shepherd's plan involves. They're scared. They're dangerous. It seems like death is surrounding them, right? It's dark. It's scary. Wild beasts all around. But there is no need to fear because the sheep are with the shepherd. And we got to remember something. Those sheep, even though they had no idea what was going on, they're in that dark, scary, dangerous place. But the shepherd was bringing them through that valley for a reason. He was bringing them up to that mountaintop experience to get well-nourished, the summer feeding. And that's the same thing with us. Jesus Christ sometimes puts you through trials in your life that you have no idea why you're going through it. It's dark. It's dangerous. You don't know what to do. But he's putting you there through a reason. And the thing is, a lot of times when we're going through that tough time, we we have a habit of giving up because we have no idea what's going on. So we just sit there. We're stuck in the valley. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You You see, those sheep, man, it was a dark and dangerous place if they stayed put in the valley. But if they followed the shepherd, man, they would get to that mountaintop experience. But if they stay put, man, wild beasts would get them. That dark and dangerous place would become a reality. Their fears would come to pass. But if they followed the shepherd and they kept walking, man, they were able to get to that mountaintop experience. The shepherd brought them through that valley for a specific reason. And we need to remember the things that you're going through. Jesus Christ is putting you through that thing, putting you through that trial so you can get to that mountaintop experience, that place of joy, that place of peace, that place of happiness. He's got a plan for why you're going through that certain situation in your life. And we need to remember what a valley is during those times. 
A valley is just a mountain waiting to happen. Amen. It's just a mountain waiting to happen. You just have to keep on walking. Amen. He meets your emotional needs. The valley of the shadow of death. Keep walking. But then notice why he meets our emotional needs. Why are the sheep content as they're walking through this valley? Because they're with the shepherd. The Bible says, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. They're fine with walking through that valley because the sheep are protected by the shepherd. And now the reason why they're comforted is because of what the shepherd had. The Bible says, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now what the shepherd would do was the shepherd would use his rod and staff to defend the sheep against wild beasts. And now that has to do with, that's a picture of grace and truth in our life. You know, he would use this rod and he would use his staff to defend the wild beasts. To allow the sheep to be safe going through that valley, going through that trial. Notice the staff, first of all. That's a picture of the grace of God. You know what a staff is? It's that big old cane type thing with a giant hook. And what the, what the shepherd would do was the shepherd would use this staff to lead and corral the sheep. That's a picture of the grace of God. Man, he would lead them and corral them to keep them going on the right way. To keep them from going into danger. He would allow them to stay close to the shepherd. And that's the same thing with us. It is only by the grace of God that I'm still standing today. If it wasn't for God's grace, man, the world, the flesh, and the devil, man, they would have ruined me. I would have died long ago. But it's only by the grace of God, the grace of Almighty God, that I'm still standing here today. And I'm not scared and I'm not fearing or anything like that because I'm with the shepherd. And I know that he's got his staff to comfort me. The staff is a picture of the grace of God. But the Bible says, thy rod and staff, they comfort me. Now the rod was like this big wooden club. It's about two feet long. And he would use this big wooden club to clunk the wild beasts on the head if they got too close to the sheep. Now that's a picture of the truth of God's word. Hey, whether the wild beasts liked it or not, they were going to get hit in the head if they got too close to the sheep. They were going to get hit regardless of whether they believed it or not, whether they wanted it or not. They were going to get hit in the head. That's the same thing with us. It's the truth of God's word. Hey, regardless of whether the enemy likes it or not, whether the world likes it or not, God's word is true. God's promises are true. And he will bring us to the end. The Bible says that we've got the victory in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors through his love. Hey, the Bible says that we can quench the fiery darts of the wicked by putting on the whole armor of God. Whether they like it or not, we know that Jesus Christ is victorious and we've got the victory and they cannot talk. Touch me unless Jesus Christ allowed it. Hey, I've got no condemnation, no separation. Whether the enemy likes it or not, they're going to get hit with that rock. It's the truth of God's word. And that's why our emotional needs are met. Rod and staff. The wild beasts are far off. But then in verse 5, we see that he not only meets our emotional needs, but he meets our physical needs as well. The Bible says, thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Notice the shepherd's test in those verses. Verse 5, physical needs are met. Bam. Prepares a table, anoints the head, cup runneth over. But notice now, the shepherd did not meet the physical needs of the sheep until their emotional needs were met. Emotional needs met, verse 4. Verse 5, physical needs. 
The sheep were comforted by his rod and staff, and right after, their physical needs were met. Same goes for us. Listen now, God will not meet your physical needs until you start trusting your shepherd. Once you start believing your shepherd and trusting him and know that, man, he's going to help you get through and he's going to answer your prayer, that's when your prayers will be answered and that's when your physical uh, needs will be met. I'm telling you right now, he has already met our emotional needs. He did that at Calvary. When you called upon the name of the Lord, you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you. You became a new creature. And the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, you've got love. You've got joy. You've got peace. You've got faith to help you get through. But the key is we have to believe what Jesus Christ has given us. We have to believe the battle is in our minds. He's already met our needs. He's already done it. But once you believe your shepherd, once you put your trust in your shepherd and find comfort in his grace and truth and his rod and staff, then that's when Jesus Christ comes in and meets your needs. He prepares a table, anoints the head. My cup runneth over. His physical needs are met. That's the shepherd's test. But notice number two, the shepherd's triumph as well. The Bible says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Notice now, God, the shepherd, prepared the table for the sheep. And now, just to get an idea, you need to understand what the shepherd had during that time. uh, Preparing a table has to do with them walking in the valley. The shepherd had some tools to help him get through the valley with the sheep. And he would have this belt or girdle. And he would have a pouch in his belt. And what he would do was, in this pouch, he had food for the um, sheep to eat and a cloth as well. And so, literally, he would take out this cloth, lay it down before the sheep. Get that right? Then take out the food and lay it down before them. And with the shepherd near, the sheep could now put their head down and start eating, knowing that they were comforted with the shepherd right by them. That's how they prepared a table. But understand this now. Verses 4 and 5 go hand in hand. There isn't a change of scene here. In verse 4, he fights off the enemy. The shepherd fights off the wild beast with his rod and staff. But then in verse 5, the Bible says, he prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Literally, without delay, in verse 4, man, he fights them off. He hits them with the rod and staff, and they are forced to watch. And instantly, right after that, the Bible says that the shepherd brings the cloth out and lays it down before him with the food right there so the shepherd could eat. I like that picture. You want to know what the shepherd's basically doing there? He's making a spectacle out of the enemy. He's saying, hey, not only are you not allowed to touch my sheep, not only are you allowed to, you can't eat my sheep, you can't come closer to my sheep, I'm not only going to just have the victory today, I'm going to take it a step further, and I'm going to triumph over it. I'm going to make you watch them eat, watch them be blessed, while you're forced to go hungry. Amen. That's the shepherd's triumph there. And I believe Jesus Christ does the same exact thing for us. You're going through trial after trial in your life. Man, spiritual warfare is at an all-time high. And you have no idea what to do in your life. You feel like giving up. But then in that moment, you look to your shepherd and you start trusting in him. And Jesus Christ comes out and lays that cloth down and that food and prepares a table before you. 
in the presence of our enemies. Hey, the shepherd's triumph is something that we can all have. Did you know Jesus Christ literally did that from his death and resurrection at Calvary? We see that in the book of Colossians. The Bible says because of his death and resurrection, because of what he did on the cross, the Bible says that he spoiled principalities and powers. He spoiled demons, spoiled the wild beasts, and the Bible says that he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. To triumph implies not only victory, but an open manifestation of it. Preparing a table in the presence of our enemies. And I want to tell you something. He did not just do that at Calvary. He did not just prepare a table before you at Calvary. And he is not just going to do it at the marriage supper of the Lamb. He does that every single day in your life. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He's able to um, give you the victory time and time again through his death, burial, and resurrection. Through the power that worketh in us. And I'm telling you, Jesus Christ does that over and over and over again in your life. We see that in Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. Triumph implies not only victory, but an open manifestation of it. Preparing a table before them in the presence of our enemies. Hey, the world, the flesh, and the devil is coming at us. Man, this world, it's tough. We're dealing with spiritual warfare in all aspects. Man, in our home, in our church, at our job, it's tough. But if we look to our shepherd, we will not only get through, we will not only be given the victory, but man, your physical needs will be met, and he wants to literally triumph over them and show, hey, you cannot touch my sheep. You cannot touch them whatsoever because they are my sheep. They, hey, I'm a child of God, and the world, the flesh, and the devil, they cannot touch me. They cannot hurt me unless Jesus Christ will allow it to happen. Hey, I'm close to the shepherd, amen. And because of that, I'm going to walk through the mouth, through the valley, and my needs are going to be met time and time again in every aspect of my life. He meets my emotional needs, my physical needs, my spiritual needs, my directional needs. And then finally, he meets our eternal needs as well. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hey, we're on our way to heaven. We're going to be rejoicing in heaven just like our pastor said. Man, we've got a mansion in heaven. We've got goodness and mercy in this world and in the world to come. Hey, Jesus Christ is with us always. He is a present, personal, and patient shepherd. And that's something that we can all have if we put our trust in Jesus Christ. But if we have not accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, all of these things, all of these blessings that we have, they are not yours. It takes calling upon the name of the Lord, putting your trust in Jesus Christ. And accepting him as your savior. And if you are not 100% sure today that you are saved and going to heaven, hey, talk to one of us. You can get right, you can get saved today, and you can have Jesus Christ as your shepherd. As we all stand. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. A little girl was quoting Psalm 23, and she got the first verse wrong, but I think in a way, she got it right. She said, 
The Lord is my shepherd. I got all I want. And that's what we have with Jesus Christ. He does exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. The altar's open if you need to get right with the Lord. If you need to thank him for him meeting your needs. Maybe you've wandered to the right or to the left. The shepherd's patient with you. He can restore with your soul and bring you back to the folds. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Maybe our problem is lack of faith. Maybe we aren't looking to that rod and staff. Maybe we aren't looking to our shepherd. We're looking to our trials and the things of this world and not to the God that's brought us through time and time again already. Maybe you're following your own plan and not the Lord's plan. Maybe you surrender to the Lord and then you realize that's that's not something you want to do anymore. I want to do my own thing. I don't want to do what the Lord has told me to do. Hey, the Bible says he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. If you've surrendered, if you've given your life to the Lord... And you're trying to go away from that plan that God has given you. Man, I'd be scared right now. He's going to get your attention regardless. He's going to make you to lie down in green pastures. He's going to chasten you. You study Bible manners and customs and what would happen if the sheep would wander and keep on wandering. What the shepherd would have to do is what the shepherd would have to break the sheep's legs. And then bring them back to the folds. And literally, he would break their legs and then bring them back and then nurture them and care for them and love on them. And then after that fact, the sheep was so close to the shepherd that he never wanted to leave his side. We should all be that without having our legs be broken. But I'm telling you, if you are not doing what the Lord has called you to do, if you know without a shadow of a doubt that you're doing things wrong in your life right now, doing things that you shouldn't, Listening to things that you shouldn't. Hanging out with people that you shouldn't. Dating people that you shouldn't. I'm telling you, the Lord is going to get your attention. And he's going to make you to lie down in green pastures. Get right with the Lord. Before it's too late.